Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning and good morning to all those online. It's, uh, I was going to say it's great to see you, but I, I'm guessing you're there. It's great to see everyone here. 50, that's fantastic. And uh, can only get better from here. Amen. And um, yeah, when I was, um, I'd been praying about what, what God wanted me to share this morning and, and uh he brought back, I, I had a look through what I'd been journaling in my quiet times and what I felt God was saying and thought, where does this all, all fit in? And um, so I came up with, uh, God isn't finished with us yet. Uh, and God is growing you. He's growing each one of us. But I believe he's, uh, it's also for the church. He's, he's growing us. And he, you know, you sometimes feel when COVID hits, think, what's going on? It's, you know, it's... <laughs> Is it all over? But it's, it's just the beginning. And God is really using, I believe, really using COVID in a lot of, a lot of amazing ways. And, um, you know, whenever the devil does something, and I'm not for a moment suggesting God sent COVID, but whenever the devil does something like sending a disease or a calamity, God has a habit of turning it on his head. God's going to win in the end. And... Uh, you know, you've got to feel sorry for the devil sometimes. You've actually got to think, what a loser. <laughs> what a loser. Just when he thinks he's, uh, he's, he's on the winning side, he actually dips out big time. He did that when Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. And um, the story that I've told before, but it, 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 it's a, it paints a picture, and that's of a baby camel talking to his mother. And the baby camel said to his mum, he said, Mum, why have I got such big feet? And he was looking down at his huge feet. His mother said, son, that's so you can uh, walk on the sand and go for long distances in the desert and you won't sink down. That's why you've got big feet. He said, well, mum, why have I got these big humps on my back? You know, I feel weird, these big humps on my back. And his mum said, son, that's so you can go long distances in the hot weather and you can carry the water with you and go without food for such a long time. And then the baby camel said, mum, why am I in a zoo? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a process and, and God gives us gifts and abilities that we often wonder What's it all about? But God's got a plan for our life and God's given us things and it's not to be in a zoo. It's not to be restricted in... And so often we're restricted in our minds. I I often not... I say this not to pay out those people that like keeping birds in cages, but I often see little birds in cages or or not so bad the little ones, but the big ones and you think, that should be out there flying. (laughs) Now, a lot of the time they're in there for, for a good reason. I know they've got all their food and they don't have to go searching for it and they feel protected. 
You put a, a little bird outside and, and it's dead scared. It's used to having that cage to protect it. But they were actually created for something a whole lot more. Like that little camel was created for a whole lot more. And so are you and I. I don't think we've even began to dream about and think about what God has for us. And I'm not just talking about heaven. I mean, even on this planet, even right here, if we look to God and you look at all the, the great leaders that God used and you look at Moses and Moses tried to make all the excuses like he says, I'm not a good speaker. You want me to lead these millions of people? And what did God say? He said, who gave you your mouth? You know, and, um, and Paul, was, uh, Paul was praying for his thorn in the flesh, whatever that was, his infirmity to be healed. But he didn't receive his healing. And that sort of throws some of that theology around a bit. And, um, and he prayed about it and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And that, that song that uh, Carol started off with, Grace Upon Grace, Grace is not only unmerited favour, but it's also a, a divine enabling. And that's what that grace was when Jesus said it to Paul. His grace was his divine enabling. He was going to enable Paul. Whatever his infirmity was, whether it was a speech impediment or whatever, but his grace was sufficient. And God's grace is sufficient for you and for I to... When he's called us to do something, if we're prepared to put our hand up and say, look, I'm no good at it, or I don't feel, I don't feel I'm confident, but God's saying his grace is sufficient for you. And just, just be prepared to sort of, if God's stirring something in your heart, to put your hand up and say, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'll give it a go. And I'll, um, I'll let God do what he wants to do. <clears throat> you know, the, um, there's always this process. We often think where we are now, we can't imagine ourselves down the track doing some of these things. But not only like that little camel was born with all these attributes that he hadn't yet figured out why he needed them, it's a bit like when the miracle of birth and a little baby is conceived and this tiny little baby is born... And you think, well, it's pretty helpless. And sometimes we feel pretty helpless, but that's just the beginning. The baby has to grow and become, <clears throat> become a toddler and then a teen and an adolescent. And finally it becomes an adult. And it's still got a lot of growing up to do when you're an adult to become a mature adult. I don't think any of us ever get really mature. Um, but there's a process and I believe uh, what God wants to, is to look at this morning and understand there's a process that he's taking us through. And he's going to use all sorts of things to shape us and mould us and help us to become the people he wants us to be. Let's not get beat up by thinking, oh, what am I doing here? What am I doing in a zoo? Um, because God's got so much for us. And the same applies when we're born spiritually. And... Um, Interesting when you look at the scriptures relating to, to uh, spiritual, there's a past, a present and a future and yet God is still talking about salvation. He says um, that we have been saved, the finished work of Christ, the work of Christ in our lives is done and dusted. 
He doesn't have to go and do it all over again because he's done it once. So there's a past tense. In Ephesians 2 and 28, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a gift that we receive. And um, it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's something that God gives us, salvation. And um, it's been done. It's been done when Jesus rose from the dead. So it's salvation, in that sense, it's already happened. But we have to receive it like any gift. He says it's a gift that we need to receive. He said to, the, to, the, to a woman who was, um, who was uh, repenting and actually in tears and, and pouring perfume on Jesus' feet, and uh, in, in Luke 7 and 50, it says, For he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. It was her faith that, that actually saved her. And um, so that's in the past, he's saying your faith has saved you. But then there's in the present, the ongoing in being saved, the continual being saved. 2 Corinthians 2 and 15 says... For we are God's fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. There's a process going on amongst those around about us that they're being saved. We often think of people as either saved or they're not. But so many people are in a process of being saved. God's working on them. They may not realise it, but God's working on them. And uh, someone online might be looking, looking and hearing this and thinking... I just was looking at this out of curiosity. I mean, seriously, I'm not going to be saved. But I want to say that God's working on you. He loves you and has a plan for your life and, and his heart for you is to be saved. There is a process of seed that is sown and it takes time to germinate. And then there's the future. There's the future that, that we talk about being saved. We look forward to heaven. Now, being saved is not just something after we die. It's something that happens on earth. We're in that process of being saved now as well as when, we're, as when we die and go to heaven. So it's not all about something, not all about a pie in the sky when we've, after we've died. It's for us right now, here in this present. And uh, Matthew 10.22 says, And you will be... Hated amongst all, all for my name's sake, but he endures to the end, will be saved. So there's a future tense with salvation as well. And uh, Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So there's a choice involved. We can choose to be saved or we can choose not to. But we need to take hold of what it means to be saved on a daily basis. And um, Philippians 2 and 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's a process that Paul is talking about there, a process that we can actually miss out on. That's what he's talking about, that we can miss out on. We need to work out what God has for us. 
what that salvation on earth looks like. We might be saved when we die by receiving Christ, but there is salvation that happens on earth as we, as we serve him and we uh, live for him. And uh, so what is this um, daily being saved mean? His work in us hasn't finished yet. In fact, it's just beginning. I think in 1966, I had the gospel explained to me and I needed to receive Christ. The guy that, uh, and he was our school teacher at the time, I was in Form 2, and um, he, he was just, for one year, he taught at Lavers Hill, where I went to school. And for that one year, and then about getting towards the end of the year, he, he was always... We all knew he was a Christian and he always came to church, but he thought, I'm not here for very long. I need to teach these guys in Sunday school. So he volunteered to be a Sunday school teacher of the older group, and I was 14. And um, for the first time ever, I'd heard the gospel. I heard that, and he explained that, you know, just if you live in a a garage doesn't make you a car. Just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. And he started to explain that I actually needed to receive Christ and make that decision for myself. Well, I didn't muck around. I thought that night, I'm in for this. I didn't realise what it meant, but that was 55 years ago. And, um, but he hasn't finished. It's, it, it's been a process all that time for 55 years and it's still going. I wonder if I've got another 55. Um, but it's still going and, and it's exciting. And um, Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Or in some translations, says, will perform it. It's ongoing. It's not just something that, right, I'm saved, that's it. It's ongoing. It's a growing thing. It's an incredible adventure. And uh, God's in for adventure. He, he loves exciting things we have an amazing inheritance as children of God we have we've access to it but if we don't make a claim on it we don't see the benefit of it and um, Paul speaks to us about this in Ephesians and 1 and 19 he says and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power God gives us a power to live for him, a power to discover and embark on this adventure with him. And um, what a great promise there, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. And, um, and then in Ephesians 3.20, and this is the amazing bit, it says, Now to him who is able to do Exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So that's where my mind just sort of said, well, I'll try and think of the most amazing stuff that God can do with my life. And his word tells me he can do far more than I could even imagine. And the same with you and I. If you think, oh, I couldn't do that, well, guess what? If that's what God called you to you can. And, um, you know, whatever you put your hand to, if, if, it's, if you look to God for that direction and to what you do, you will succeed in God's strength, not yours. 
but in God's. And, um, you know, the, the kingdom principles of growth are always to start small and grow. Whether you're looking at a little baby uh, or whether you're looking at a plant. And Jesus used that analogy, the mustard seed, one of the smallest of all the seeds. And um, in, uh, in Matthew 13 and 31, he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in a field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. It's a kingdom principle that we have small beginnings. If you look at if you look back at all the people God used in Scripture, here was Moses. They were trying to kill him. They put him in a basket and floated him down the river, and God rescued him. And um, and, he, and and he grew up to save the people of Israel. You look at even Jesus was born in a stable, a pretty um, humble beginning for the King of Kings, wasn't it? Never despise small beginnings because God's got big things in mind. It's just a matter of trusting in a, in a big God. And, um, you know, we, God's more interested in our character than our comfort. And that's why he wants to develop us over time. And I'm a slow learner, so... You know, it's, I'm, I just never, I never stop learning. I'm thinking, how long is it? Why did it take me 50 years to learn that? Um, but it's just ongoing, and God just takes us one step at a time. And He doesn't often move us on till we've learned the lesson. That's the frustrating bit. We, we sort of want to get to the next stage, but He wants us to, to learn the lesson and, uh, and take us round. And um, He wants us to walk with Him in step with him and not run ahead. So we can learn uh, several things from, from the mustard tree. Firstly, the kingdom of heaven is about small beginnings. But secondly, over time, there is a great display of God's splendour. That tree is a great display of God's splendour. And this was the interesting bit because it's what, what um, Rachel read out too. He wants us like the city on the hill. He wants us to be there so other people can benefit. It's not all about me. I don't run a business just to provide myself with a job. I run a business so I can help other people. I can employ other people and hopefully make enough money to even give away a lot to other people. But um, it's a process. In uh, Matthew 5 and 13... You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing and is thrown and trampled out underfoot. And in 14 it says, For you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it will give light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So it's not about us. It's about others. 
And uh, it's about glorifying God. And the third thing is the kingdom of heaven provides a home. It's like the tree that provided a home, as Jesus said to the birds. Shelter and protection for those who connect with it. Many in society will benefit. It creates opportunity and it provides for others. And it's not just about self, as we said. And it was interesting that uh, I think last week I was listening to Andrew online and he talked about opportunities. If you've got a job, you have an opportunity. If you can pick up a guitar, you have an opportunity. Whatever we do, we have an opportunity to be a light and to serve God. And, um, yeah, I believe God's just challenging us. To, he hasn't finished with us. You might, you might just know a couple of chords, but that's not where it's going to finish. You might think, you might be a writer. Who knows what little things you think are insignificant, but God will use them if we give them to him. And, it, and it's there to not just benefit ourselves. But just remember this is that process. There's that process between the sowing and the reaping. And um, that's why we, the, the scripture talks about continually being saved. It's an ongoing part of that salvation. It's an ongoing adventure and discovering what the relationship with God's all about. Being saved from the strategies of the enemy, we might not, we're not, not fight against flesh and blood. The battle is the Lord's. And with, with children, we go through that miracle of conception and through all those stages. But he who began a good work in us will continue. And it's not automatic. It's a choice that we need to embrace. Change is inevitable, as we've found out with COVID and everything that's going on. We, we don't have a part, we don't have a say in it. Change is, is inevitable, growth is optional. We can choose to let it shape us and grow as we turn to God and say, what can I grow out of this? What lessons can, I, can be learned? And um, God just, just likes to take us one, th one step at a time and we never know what's around the corner. You just never know. And, uh, it, you know, the scripture says blessings and you every morning. We, we don't know what's coming up in 2022 for us, but we know God's going to be there with us. We know that he's going to grow us through that period and we, we need to be open and willing to, to surrender to him. And to do that, we need to keep our relationship with God fresh and, um, you know, the lesson we learned from Israel in the desert when God provided them with manna, but they had to collect fresh manna every day or it would go stale. And it's a bit like that with us. We need a freshness every day. We need that fresh relationship. Don't rely on 10 years ago we had a great revival and God did all this. That's irrelevant. It's right now that we need to get into God and have him revive us. And um, we need to have an intimacy with God plan. We need to plan and set aside time to really tap into God and um, really tap into what he's got for us. So one of the, the things I've learned in business, the, the biggest thing, I think, more than any business strategy, is time with God, seeking God 
for direction, for strategies and for answers. And it's a bit like if you water, if you water your garden and you just sprinkle it on a bit and it looks all nice and lush, but the water doesn't get down very deep. It takes time for it to soak in. And it's like that with us. If you just water your garden lightly every day, you get a 40-degree day, you realise how deep that water went. Everything just shrivels. And our relationship with God's like that. If it's too shallow, if we haven't spent enough time to let it sink in and let God speak to us, then when times get tough, there won't be anything there. We need to spend a good amount of time to learn to hear what he's got to say to us. Learn to wait on him and learn to, to really just put aside, put aside our own priorities and listen to what God's priorities are. So sometimes, you know, you often hear people saying, well, I can pray on the run. I can just keep going. I, I can pray anywhere. Well, we can. But when we're running, it's often hard to listen and just think, hang on, does he want me to actually go that way and not this way? It takes... You can't substitute just, you know, God likes a coffee. He likes to sit down with a coffee and just talk to him and journal and write down what he's telling you and read the word. And uh, sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be some formal thing. You can sit out on on some coffee shop or somewhere on your own, even if there's people around you, you can still be on your own and just hear what God's saying and just journal, and um, just give him that time. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we need to allow our minds to, um, to, tap, into, uh, to tap into God. You know, sometimes to learn to hear God and learn to recognise his voice is, is one of the key things. Probably nothing more important and no greater skill than to learn God's voice. And my brother-in-law, Ian, loves to go out owling, as he calls it, puts a, a DVD of different species of owls. He loves to photograph different birds and he puts species, different owls on a DVD on the bonnet of his car. And plays them and if he wants to see a powerful owl he'll play a powerful owl call and the powerful owl comes in or he wants to a blue book owl he plays that sound of a blue book owl they recognize the voice and they come in and um, we need to learn to recognize God's voice and and make that time for him too and we need to identify the, um, the impediments you know the scripture says God's word is like a hammer that breaks the rock. Sometimes there's hard things in our life and it takes his word to break through. It takes time for that continual hitting of the, like a hammer on a rock. I don't know whether you've ever tried to break rocks, but sometimes you've got to hit them a lot of times in the right spots for it to crack open. And God's word's like that with us. We might read the same word over and over again, but eventually it'll... That's what it means. That's what he's saying to me. So we need to spend time just to let that 
hammer. Um, that, uh, that's in Jeremiah 23 and 29. And thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119. It's his word that will give us that direction. So just to conclude, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will continue that until the day of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, we just need to remember that God will provide the, the way, the grace on top of grace, that divine enabling. He will enable us to follow him. He will enable us. So let's not think that we can't do something. If God wants to do it, we can in him. And um, let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that uh, those watching online or here, Lord, we just would look to you and be open to what you want to do in our lives and just realise that it's just a great adventure as we surrender to you and, uh, and look for the ways you lead us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.